Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com I'm a feminist, but... Uh, when I was out with a friend of mine, uh, I kept kind of touching his shoulder. And at one point he said, actually, do you know that when a woman touches a man's shoulder, that sends like a message to his brain that makes him feel protective of her and that makes him attracted to her? And I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry, but I knew. <laughs> I don't want to do any now. <laughs> I should have saved that for last. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I haven't got a this is what a feminist looks like t-shirt in case people go, yeah, it was kind of obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think those really are for men and Tories, aren't they? <laughs> I'm a feminist, but recently when I dropped my entire bag of groceries on the pavement and a man started helping me picking them up, he grabbed a king-sized mouse bar and said, oh, is that yours? I said, no. <laughs> no, it's just lying on the pavement. <laughs> Not mine. Those apples, though. So, totally mine. <laughs> well, the did, rotten ones, yep. Did you go back and collect it? Of course, of course. I went back. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but yesterday I shouted at a close male friend I loved 
who seemed to be defending comedian Doug Stanhope's stance that Johnny Depp couldn't possibly have hit Amber Heard because he knows he wouldn't do that, he's a nice guy. By shouting at my friend, you don't know what happened and you're co-creating an environment in which women are too scared to come forward and if you're not going to be on our team as my friend who I love and if you're not going to be a feminist then I give up and there's no point in me doing the Guilty Feminist podcast or even trying anymore and then I cried until he apologised <laughs> Worked <laughs> Our Guest Alison Spitzel is a feminist, but she once said to me, oh, I'm just feeling really confident today. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's really cool. It's not, I'm not, she's okay with me saying that. I'm a feminist, but I once told my writing partner that she had to give me 24 hours notice if she was going to turn up to a script meeting at the BBC with a blow dry because otherwise her having good hair was a status move that changed the power dynamic of the meeting. <laughs> and I fucking stand by that. <laughs> Live from the Museum of Comedy in London, this one's an extra Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Uh, Sophie, tell me about your challenge. My challenge kind of happened quite randomly. So it's about public space. So I was just looking through, I'm a member of all these feminist groups on Facebook and in one of them an acquaintance of mine had written that she'd been on a bus in Denmark and this guy had sat next to her and he kind of slowly started like moving his hand up her thigh and she'd kind of frozen and been really scared and then when she'd kind of moved a bit he'd run out of the bus and I thought, oh that's, that's happened to me three times in my life. The first time when I was, I must have been 19 or 20, and I was so scared, I froze, I didn't know what to do, it was a night bus, I was just so, just terrified and frozen, and I ended up getting off the bus like three stops before I had to get off. It happened again a few years later, but I was, because it happened once, I was a bit more, oh, so I just like reacted, I just like threw my hands up, and then he ran out. And the third time uh, was, a year or so ago, and I started yelling at him, and he ran. He ran out in the same way as you thought. Oh, you're you're used to this. If they start reacting, you have to go. So I I wrote a status on Facebook in Danish, and I said, if you've ever been on this bus or just any bus in Copenhagen, and this has happened to you, just write me a message. And I got so many messages. I, and I'm still getting them on a daily, on an hourly basis, people writing to me telling me that they've met. It seems like from the descriptions that there are at least two guys who have each their own way of doing it, but I've had people telling me that this happened to them 16 years ago, and I've had people telling me it happened last week. Oh my God. So it's... So it's the same guys who I are out think there it, and not I mean, it school. might be. I don't know. I don't remember anything. I don't remember at all how he looked. But this is something that happens, and it happens to so many people. So I collected all these stories, and I sent them in an email to the Danish bus company. And I said, hey, this is a problem, it seems. So could you <laughs> fix it? <laughs> can you do something? Like, Can you do some campaigns or give us like a button we can push if it happens? Or, or you know, just tell us what to do, because this shouldn't be a thing. And what are you going to do as a bus company to stop it? And then the Danish Everyday Sexism Project, which is this uh, amazing website. Whenever anything happens to you that's sexist, you write into these uh, websites and it goes up. I think you're anonymous, so you can choose to be at least. And then just shows how much happens in everyday life. So the woman in charge of that got in touch and said, 
uh, well, we have a lot of stories as well. People have sent to us about public transportation. Do you want to get together and do something? So now, like yesterday, we sent 10 letters to the government of Denmark and just kind of going, this is a big problem and here are all the stories and you need to do something about it. So now I'm like just in bed with the government of Denmark wow. <laughs> because of this. And it's scary because so many of the women who came forward with their stories were so terrified of doing it. And we had to find someone who would tell their story. We wrote a press release as well and no one wanted to say it in public. It's interesting what you talked about, that whole thing where Johnny Depp allegedly <laughs> beat up his wife and everyone's going... Uh, she just wants attention, all those horrific excuses where we all know that it's so difficult saying these things out loud. And I really saw that. And, and at the same time, I just had a bunch of uh, idiots. Uh, I was going to say cunts, which I think covered better, but I know that's a sexist term. But this is just, I'm just going to say worse word than cunt. Uh, Danish male comedians who, <laughs> <laughs> who went, one of them went, Actually, uh, last weekend, a woman came up to me and she just started touching my, my butt. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. That's, that's not a nice situation. And, and it, you know, it doesn't get taken seriously when that happens to men. And that's really a shame because, of course, it's very uncomfortable. And he went, I wasn't looking for sympathy. I don't need sympathy. I just want you to know that, hey, it's no big deal because I just got over with it. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I thought there was hope for the Danish comedy business. But... Uh, it was always a man. A man commented and went, oh, it's no big deal. It's just, oh, get over it, blah, 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 blah. Because at the same time, I was receiving all these messages from women going, I was terrified. And a lot of women wrote, usually I act. I'm a really cool person. I talk out and I speak out about stuff and I'm very active and I always, mm. if I want something, I get it. But I froze and I was so scared. And some of them, you know, you got off the bus and started crying. Some of them was just so scared they just don't take the bus anymore. It's apparently the most common response to being touched on public transport or, you know, in public is just to freeze. Mm. Apparently mm. it's the most... I suppose it's a survival mechanism. I think go, so, yeah. If I draw attention or then I get off the bus and he follows me or it's just... But it's sort of... It's not even rational. It's just something that takes over you. And, and yeah, we've mostly... been taught to not make a big deal, you know. I think it's just in us to not, oh, let's not make a fuss about this, and I might be wrong, and maybe, uh, maybe he's just, he does, maybe he doesn't know his hand is there. A lot of people say there. I couldn't believe it was happening, or I was going, is this happening, or is this happening? Yeah. But I think this culture that you is... don't want to falsely accuse a man yes. of doing something. And in that, in this culture which says you're after something all the time, like every single high-profile case the internet goes crazy with she's insane or she's a gold digger mm. or whatever and it really was brought home to me yesterday on one of these threads the, talking about amber heard somebody said oh well lena dunham lied about a sexual assault and it turned out she just made it all up and i went online and what it was was that in her book she'd told lots of stories and she'd said at the in the appendix you know i've changed some of the names for obvious reasons and in the book she'd referred to a mustachioed republican called barry who she'd slept with at college she said she was having sex with him willingly he took the condom off without her permission and then started making it rough and she just freaked out and didn't know how to stop him and it took her a long time to realize that's a sexual assault and some guy who happened to be called barry who was a contemporary came after her and said, people could think you were talking about me and I'm going to sue you. And she then said, I changed the name, it wasn't you. And in the next edition of the book, I'll say at the bottom of the page, definitely not called Barry. Um, now, this was this, was this guy's... Not all oh, berries. But this guy had presented... Had, not all berries. Uh, this guy had presented, had presented it as, uh, yeah, it turned out she was lying. 
This is a story that it took her a long time to realise what that was. And she was talking about the nuance of consent. She wasn't accusing a guy. She didn't use a man's first and last name. She says at the end of the book, the names have been changed. And she's still the liar. And somebody, a woman underneath on the Facebook thread went, yeah, but she's not like she's got nothing to gain. It's a PR dream to have this controversy. And I was like, if she was going to make up something, she was going to make up something more sensational than that. But what made me think this is just sexism is, okay, flip that around. A man writes a story about something that happens, doesn't name the woman specifically. A woman gets in touch and tries to sue him. The man is famous. The woman is not famous. Who's the gold digger? It's not the fucking man. But when it's Lena Dunham, she's still the gold digger because she's getting PR out of it. Like, Lena Dunham needs PR. (laughs) The one thing she has too much of is fucking PR. So um, I got really worked up about this. No, I think think it's it's relevant because I, I felt like I saw that effect like to my face in these messages. And the women were aware. They were like, I know I should be speaking up. I know I should be talking about this. But... I can't be called those names. I'm not in a position where I feel like that's invited into my life. But I, I will say on a brighter note, something will have to be done about this. There's no way this isn't going to... It's kind of just spiraled, and now I, I can't really let it go. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what you can really do, but just like a, just a campaign or something. What I will say is I felt I was on a bus yesterday. There was a man walked in, and I just started thinking about that again, and I, I knew, I thought, oh, if he sits down next to me, I'm so prepared... I mean, of course, I don't know if I would freeze again, but because I'd done something, because I felt like that mm. was an action to just, you know, it's I, there was something empowering about not... Not being I, passive. Like I had sort of mm. a row with someone about it yesterday because I was like, I wasn't just going to go, oh, well, yeah, there's lots of ways of looking at it. It's the individual case. I didn't say that. Mm. I just went, fuck no. We've got to start saying... It doesn't matter what happened mm. in this case. What matters is you join your voice to the patriarchy and go, oh, she's probably off to something, and then... That woman who's living next door to you is less likely to go to the police when it's happening to her because otherwise she's in that category. And it's not like you hear, oh, um, Elton John's accountant ripped him off, um, I heard. Uh, Yeah, he's bezed loads of money. Well, it's the kind of thing Elton John would say for attention, though, isn't it? (laughs) It's like someone broke into George Harrison's house. Did they? <laughs> did he make that up for the police? It's like, no, it's just not what we said. Uh, he about. broke into his own house and blamed. Yeah, he took broke a into selfie. His own. He wanted. And that he was smiling the day after. Yeah, he wanted. Yeah. I saw him in such a, a picture, pretty house. A totally separate picture, not crying. Um, <laughs> just mental. Um, yeah, it sounds a bit dark, but it's. It, I hopefully it'll end well, and when it when it does, I'll I'll let people know. Um, yeah, l- on that I'm episode. so psyched about it, and please keep us abreast. Yeah, and if anyone in Denmark is listening, I think we will continue to need more stories, and please do. And that's internationally. If you have an everyday sexism group in your country, tell you know, speak out when something happens. I think that makes a huge difference. I now don't want to say my challenge because it's so minor. I haven't. <laughs> What I haven't done, and I think we need to be very clear about this, is start a campaign (laughs) that is in any way national. Uh, I've let you down, the United Kingdom. I think people will remember the time where you started a, a diversity podcast and I did absolutely fuck all. Yeah, let's let's, let's my hope turn. people are remembering that. <laughs> public space because I love just feeling so safe (laughs) just oh you know when you walk home at night and it's so dark oh so fun 
You really get to see a lot of your area. Keep checking around. Is anyone there? Oh, look at that amazing building. Uh, I bet he could hide in there. Uh, I was once uh, on a bus. It was a, a crowded bus, and a, a man sat down next to me. So I had to go to the end station in Streatham, which is where I lived, which, if you don't know, is a lovely posh place. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, it's this horrific, like, industrial area. It's, it's quite terrifying, and I had to go all the way to the end station. And as we were driving, the bus was clearing out, and more people got off. At the end, it was just me and the guy who was still sitting next to me. And I thought, you know, maybe he's not a creep. You know, because I'm a positive human being. And I thought, no, no, it's just because he would feel it was awkward to move, like he wouldn't want me to think that I smelled. <laughs> you know, I was assuming there was a nice guy. And then uh, we almost reached the end station, and he said, um, do you want to go out for a drink? And I said, oh, no, thank you. And he said, oh, but I've come all this way. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, I'll blow you. That's fine. You, oh, were well, you meant to go to North London? I'm so terribly sorry. That's not, you can't use like, the distance you've come as like, a pickup line. Otherwise, I'd be outside of Chris Pratt's store right now going, it's 5,000 miles to London. <laughs> Kiss it. Uh, so I did that thing, because we both had to get off the bus at the same time, and I was a bit scared, so I did that thing of uh, making up a boyfriend on the phone. It, it was fine, because I had an imaginary one at home I could just call. <laughs> <laughs> so it just literally went for me. I got straight out the bus, and I just went, Oh, hey, honey. Hi. Yeah, I'm on my way home now. How was Taekwondo? <laughs> <laughs> what, you killed a man? <laughs> oh, my God. It's lucky you're in the police force. They will never catch you. Or what? Are you home? Because, no, no, I have my keys. They're very sharp, aren't they? <laughs> like little knives between my fingers. Aw, I miss you too. I'm not the most beautiful girl in the whole world. Aw. Stop it. You're so, so What are you wearing? Oh, my God. Wow. Is Chris Pratt still there? <laughs> Is he still up for... Okay, I mean, it's not... It's my first threesome, but whatever. I'll, I mean, the guy had gone ages ago. I was just... I was just enjoying it. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, what's your challenge, Deborah? So, I have become interested in the idea of sharing spaces. So first thing I thought was, I'll go down to Speaker's Corner, or like in Camden Town where I live, there's people that in front of the tube station, they take a loud hailer and they start shouting about something or other. And I thought about doing it, and then I thought, do you know what? I find it very intrusive when it happens. I always find myself shrinking in the space when someone's shouting. And I just thought, I want to share the space. What I find is when someone's incredibly intrusive in a space, I think everyone shrinks and no one says anything. I was talking to a blind man the other day, he was an actor, and he said, he told me a story about how on the tube a guy had got on and just randomly started beatboxing. And he said actually he was a talented guy and, you know, under other circumstances it would have been different. It just became so intrusive in this small carriage and no one had asked for it and he hadn't asked if it was okay. And, and he said he could feel everyone shrinking and he said my guide dog went over to see what was going on. And he said normally I would have stopped her and pulled her back and I just thought, no, fuck it. 
let her go and explore that space. So the guide dog goes over and basically says to the beatboxing guy, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and the guy's friend goes, I think, I think you better stop. I think you better stop. And he just let his guide dog do it for him. Like just, and he said, this is, the, he said, and he was talking about the power you have in disability. And I was thinking about him basically not allowing that guy to dominate the space. And so I was sitting al fresco waiting for someone and there was a guy right near me with a loud hailer. And he was very, very angrily doing a fire and brimstone speech about how everyone was going to hell because they were wanton, immoral, corrupt, terrible, sexually promiscuous. And I just found it really intrusive and I felt myself shrinking. And it was the anniversary of my father's death and I was just feeling really vulnerable and also grieving. I always kind of revisit that grief. And he was talking a lot about hellfire and it just really upset me. And normally I would have moved, but I just thought, no, I'm going to see if I can help this man to share the space. So I just said to him, excuse me, sir, would it be okay if I could ask you to speak less loudly or speak somewhere else? And he looked at me, clocked me and ignored me and kept on going with the fire and brimstone. So I said to him, sir, I'm just, I'm kind of grieving the death of my father at the moment. And all that fire and brimstone stuff is really kind of upsetting me. It's making me feel bad. Uh, would you mind not doing that? And he looked at me, clocked me and kept on shouting. Um, you will be in the fieriest pits of hell. Your sin is a wash. And so I just went closer to him and said, do you think that's what Jesus would say if somebody said they were grieving their father? Um, you Jesus shamed him. I Jesus shamed him. And he stopped and he packed up his kit and he walked away. He didn't say anything to me, but he didn't storm off. He changed. Uh, he lowered his status and he looked a bit ashamed and he walked away. And I felt really pleased because I thought he's had an interaction that will remind him about how he shares a space and that this is a public space and we have to be in this together. So we have to work together for our shared or sometimes very opposite aims. That wow. was my challenge. Wow. That is, and it's also so you. Because you just, you just take on people where I would go, don't bother, they're not going <laughs> to... Like when you have Twitter arguments, I'm always like, oh, Deborah, he's not going to... He's but never going to... sometimes they do. They do. You, you make them... You I have a couple of times. Please, welcome to the stage, Deborah Francis-White. <laughs> public space, public space. And how to share it. It's an interesting one, isn't it? As a woman in a public space, I find it's best to keep moving. Uh, <laughs> loitering can cause trouble. Um, I, uh, not long ago, I had arranged to meet a friend at a cafe, and it was a lovely night, so I decided to sit al fresco, because that is the rule uh, in London. If the temperature is such that you can bear to be outside, you must be. <laughs> That's how it works. It's council zoning. So I was sitting in temperate temperature outside this cafe, enjoying a glass of wine, waiting for my friend, and I was on the phone. And a guy walked by, and as he came towards me, he started going, hey, baby, hey, baby, you, you look fine, baby, you look fine. Hey, baby, hey, baby. And I thought, oh, fuck, because I was wearing a red dress and snakeskin heels. And I thought, you've done it to yourself. I've slut-shamed myself. <laughs> I blamed myself for the transaction because I went, 
really in a red dress in, in Camden Town, you do need to keep mobile. Um, <laughs> it, if you stop for any reason, I don't post a letter, um, uh, pick up something someone else has dropped, it will cause trouble. And so I thought, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. So what I did is I just said to the guy, I'm, I'm on the phone. Like he was perhaps, you know, in the, in the attitude of someone who knew me and I was going, oh, yeah, 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 but I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone. And he went, all right, baby, I'll catch you on the way back. So, oh, God. He then walked about nine paces away. This is true. Stood behind a car, got his cock out, and peed on the back wheel of the car in what I can only assume was some attempt at an aphrodisiac for me. <laughs> some sort of mating ritual akin to the one that a tomcat might do. And I looked at him and thought, how do you feel that that has upped your chances with me on this occasion? And then he walked into a corner shop, came out with an enormous bottle of cider and started coming back towards me. And I thought... Right, you're just going to have to go inside. You now don't get to be outside. You can't share this public space with this man. He has made the situation such that you need to hide and go inside. So I picked up my bag, and as he came to me, he went, I don't want your bag, honey. I want your body. And I thought, no, fuck you. And I put my bag back down, and I thought... This is my Camden as much as it is yours. I know it doesn't seem that way if you walk through Camden, <laughs> but it is. I pay my council tax. I'm staying out. And I said the thing that always, always works in this situation. That's a very kind officer, and I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> it's completely damning. Because if you're aggressive, if you go, fuck off, fuck you... You now have instigated an aggressive, hostile situation where they say either column A, you're a frigid bitch, or column B, you're a fucking whore, or sometimes some from column A and some from column B. <laughs> now, these are contradictory, but that generally doesn't bother them. So I don't want that kind of aggression. Like, I was having a nice night. I don't want to have an altercation. But I also knew that if I went, oh, no, you're only joking, mate, I would then be a prick tease, because I'd smiled and gone like that with my wrist. <laughs> and... <laughs> So what I choose to do is keep it as business-like as possible, treat it like a transaction, like he's offered me Amway or, or Tupperware. Um, this is my attitude towards guys like that. I act like they're a charity mugger. And, you know, listen, they're nice people, they're working hard, they're not making much, they're trying to raise money for a charity. So you don't want to be rude to them. So as I approach a charity mugger and they go, oh, have you heard about... I just go, oh, actually, mate, thanks very much. Uh, I wish you well, but I, I'm actually... I'm already supporting a couple of charities right now, but good luck with it, and I keep walking. And that's exactly the attitude I take. I mean, you have to change up the dialogue a bit. I just go, oh, listen, thank you, mate. I, I, I understand. I understand what you're trying to do there. Um, but I'm already sucking a couple of dicks right now, and uh, good luck with it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. 
Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, shall we bring on our guest? Yes, our guest is incredible. She's a comedian. Her name is Alison Spittle, and she's an Irish comedian. She has her own podcast, which is called The Alison Spittle Show, and she's a writer on headstuff.org, and she is absolutely fucking amazing, and I love her to bits. Please welcome to the stage, Alison Spittle. Alison Spittle. You, uh, the reason why we chose this topic for you is because you told me, I, I was so in awe of you when you told me, you started reclaiming your space. Oh yeah. And number one, because I'm a fat girl, right? I always felt like I took up too much space, like physically. So like if a guy was sitting beside me on the bus, I would like tuck my legs in and make sure, make sure it was as neat, like, like <laughs> I would be like I was trying to be on a ship going to America or something like that and being as small <laughs> as possible, like a sardine, <laughs> like palatable for this guy. And then the guy just sits with his legs wide open. <laughs> and you know, I felt really weird, but I think um, public space, I've always tried to be shy and quiet and stuff. And I did this article, I'll talk about the time anyway, I reclaimed it. So this guy, <laughs> this, this absolute dickhead, right? I was in a Dublin airport and I was walking and this guy was walking into me and he wasn't moving and I, he got his finger and he just put it on my chest and pushed me to the side and continued walking. <laughs> yeah, I told you he was a dickhead. No. I told you. Was he, yeah. was he wearing a suit? No. In my he, head he's wearing a suit. No, he was wearing a flat cap. He looked like a right arsehole, so he did. <laughs> Um, and he was working for a taxi company. So he had to stand there at arrivals with a little piece of paper saying such and such, you know, I'm here to pick you up. So I got really angry and I turned around and I found him. And I just said, do you know what you just did there? And he's like, yeah, you wouldn't move out of the way, love. And I said, look, you, you no right to touch me. And he got really, really angry with me. And he was saying like, well, uh, there's no danger of anyone touching you anyway. And then... <gasps> Fuck him. I know, I know. But he was very surprised that I turned around to go back to him. I felt like somehow I had won because he was just, I mean, if you're scared or something, you kind of like analyze, would I, would anyone want to fuck that person? Oh, okay, I'll tell them. You know, like <laughs> they've lost the argument already if you're bringing it into that. So uh, yeah, I felt, felt kind of good about it, yeah. 
That's so cool. Yeah, thank you. I used to be really shy and I used to take a lot of abuse off people on the street because I just felt like I deserved it because I happened to be fat. So I was like, well, this is just part of what I am. And uh, I wrote this article and people were really nice. And I got, like, I got so many tweet mentions that my phone couldn't keep up. And <laughs> I, I felt like I was Lady Gaga for a day. <laughs> I was like, no wonder she doesn't reply to people all the time, you know? You said in the article you like to wear bright clothes. Why is that? Well, basically, I, I would wear anything that I wanted because I didn't care. Wearing black clothes, I think, is like a lie. It's just trying to say you work in a bookies or something like that. Or, you know, <laughs> as two types of fat girl clothing is bookies or uh, flower childs. And I went for the flower child option. People would tell me, like, how good I would look if I was looking thinner. And they'd go, you know, or they'd say, oh, you'd look really great. You know, Alison, you've got such a beautiful face. And when you lose weight, you're going to be beautiful and stuff. They were saying this to me when I was a teenager. And this was like my aunts. They were mean and well. They were mean and well. But I felt like I was a thing already. And I'm sick of like people telling me what the potential is when I was already something. So I kind of just wore what I liked. Like silly, garish tights. Just anything I wanted to. Because as well as that, I didn't want to be attractive to men. And I think that pissed some, a lot of men off. I would like walk across the Haypenny Bridge in Dublin and I would hear the words fat bitch whispered into my ear and like these lads would walk past and I'd look back behind me. I'm so, I am a comedian. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this does sound like, <laughs> I wish I could jazz it up a bit. You know, they did jazz hands after the left. But um, yeah, I, I'm, so I just kind of wear what I like and I feel that, I'm, I feel that some people don't like that. And I give out to myself as well. I shouldn't be so short. I shouldn't look so happy. That type of thing. <laughs> so... I really, I do give out to myself for looking happy or confident. And I just wish I could tell the people, like, I look confident because I'm listening to Kanye West at the moment. Okay. <laughs> my my self-esteem is low already, buddy. You don't have to worry. I feel like sometimes they're just reminding me, hey, you. They get really upset when you're a happy, fat person. Oh, they do. Yeah, they like really I've, do. Like, I put up a photo of me and my, my like, bared my stomach and I was smiling. <gasps> what? The photo. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was smiling in the photo and people lost their fucking minds. They're like, oh, you, you will die of stuff. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't blah, blah. Oh, yeah, all the, all the doctors come out, don't yeah. they? <laughs> the Twitter doctors. You, you're but unhealthy. I, yeah, <laughs> but I put one up where you couldn't, uh, I was um, swimming and so my face was there and my, whatever. You could only see like my stomach and my body. You couldn't see my facial expression. Mm. Got nothing. There was no hate there. I think it was a smile that pissed them off. Yeah, that yeah. you're, you're yeah. being happy with yourself. I recently worked with an expert who is working with the government on non-communicable diseases like diabetes. And he yeah. said to me, there's so many more thin, uh, unhealthy people walking around than fat people. He said, it's the fat around your organs that matters. It is not as simple as to say, if you're fat, you're unhealthy. If you're thin, you're healthy. It's, so it's not a health issue. Health is a stick to beat fat people with. Yeah. People have an aesthetic problem. In my, in my head, on you. In my head that's, you're saying that to someone who just yells something at you and you've like run back and gone, actually. Yeah. And, and now they're regretting it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. That's what common, you would yeah. do if that happened. Yeah, yeah. You'd go, actually. So it's actually the fat on the inside that counts. <laughs> uh, is that the, it is. It actually great. is. <laughs> it actually is. I'll tell I, him that next time. Excuse yeah. me, sir. <laughs> 
It's a, <laughs> my organs are lean. Uh, <laughs> I actually did not long ago have a situation where there was a, there was a, a pedicab driver, like a rickshaw guy. And oh, he, I'm glad you explained what that was. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, not, not a man who wanted to do my feet when he was, um, when I was in his cab. A foot fetishist cab driver. No, <laughs> a pedicab, like a rickshaw guy. And it was really late at night and I'd just come out of a gay club with some friends. The pedicab guy was like, I want to take you home, I want to take you home. And my friend, who I'd been to the gay club with, said, listen, mate, she said no, all right? She said no. And the pedicab driver looked at him and went, that's why you're gay. <gasps> and I said, no, actually, I think you'll find uh, it's actually a complex mix of interutero development <laughs> and genetic factors. Oh. And that, did, and that did stop him. He did cycle away really fast when I went into a lecture. Oh, you invited some more parties than me. <laughs> no, it works. It works. Because sometimes, actually, if you bring facts to the party, they're not expecting that. They're expecting you to you go, make it a boring fuck party. off, you homophobic prick, uh, isn't as good as, actually, you'll be surprised to know. Because clearly, you don't know. It's a, and then you start like doing a little bit of biology. You should sell that as mace, like on eBay. <laughs> Just, just fact, mace, bits of confetti going binary gender. I don't know. I'm going to bring in binary gender. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 Fact, mace is a really good idea. Yeah. Isn't that something we could, we could sell as guilty feminist merchandise? Like so. an air horn and go, you're problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, I, I, as soon as I started hearing about man spreading, I don't know if that's something everyone now knows what is, when there's a tendency amongst hashtag some men. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who will sit on public transportation and have their legs spread out and the excuse is usually oh, balls. Yeah. Um, it's hard to argue against. So, but, but I started noticing it happened a lot and I've heard that it happens more uh, to fat people because people get provoked by the fact that we're even there, that we dare to take that tiny part of their seat over on the tube. But I, since I started realizing that, I thought, you know, they don't know me, we'll never see each other again. Who cares? Like, I'll just... So whenever a man, man spreads next to me, I man spread. A woman spread. <laughs> and even, like, into his space. Then it turns into a cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I met my boyfriend. <laughs> it was a man spread gone wrong. <laughs> it's better than Tinder. <laughs> knee right, knee left. Yeah. Just really, see really, which way, you know. Because something about, because his leg will always already be touching mine, but there's something going, oh no, I, I don't want that, but now I'm choosing this. Now, now it's my choice. Now yeah. I'm choosing to touch your leg. It's now it's a tiny bit fun, actually. Yeah. It's like knee chicken. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to touch me, I'm going to touch you. And then actually, sometimes that can be, get socially awkward and they can move their leg away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you. Because it's Britain. <laughs> <laughs> No. But also, contact. also, I think a lot of the time, well, it's like that guy I talked about. I don't really think he thinks I'm going to go home with him. I think he's trying to change me. I think he's trying to get a reaction. And whether that reaction is, fuck off, mate, and he's going to make my day worse because I'm going to get aggressive, mm. or whether or not he's going to get that reaction of, ha, 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 or whatever. He wants me to change. He wants me to be embarrassed. He wants me to change. It's a status maneuver. It's, it's power. Not, it's showing you power, which is the same with the man spreading is, oh, I can do it. Like, you will make yourself smaller because I'm making myself bigger. And that, I guess that's like an ego boost. Yeah, it's oh. like, it's like uh, I was cycling home... Um, a few weeks, a few, actually a year ago, won't lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> won't lie. Um, I was cycling home and I could, it was dark and I was just coming home from a gig and I could hear a, hello, oh, hello. And I, I thought that sounded far too much like a flasher to be an actual flasher. 
and I looked up and lo it was a flasher yeah he, he, he and he and it was weird because he was waving at me and he was waving down towards his penis as if to go like the wheel of fortune when you, they wave at a washing machine and go look what you can have you know <laughs> and um, what was weird was like I kind of froze and I just screamed Jesus Christ and I cycled like four doors down to my house so it was really weird and i called the cops uh that's what you call it over here isn't it uh, <laughs> what do you I call them in ireland guards oh or garda shiakana which is uh, i'm going to ireland do do oh, garda shiakana yeah it's, uh, i think it sounds like a coffee or something a garda shiakana garda shiakana yeah it, that's the cops that's well, a long gardy guard gardy guardy pigs whatever you want to call it <laughs> uh, <laughs> So many different names. <laughs> I no. kid, I kid. I love the police force. Um, but they came over and they wanted a description of the person that flashed me because I was really like in shock and also because I do comedy and stuff, I do over descriptions of things. And he said, uh, what was he wearing? Like, and I said, well, he looked like he was a member of the Backstreet Boys from the late 90s. <laughs> uh, and, the, and, the, and the policeman just wrote it down. Oh, yeah, okay. And wrote it down. <laughs> As if somehow he was going to go on the radio later and go, Nick Carter is struck again, you guys. <laughs> Get him off. So, yeah, and so, like, public space, I never felt like um, I had a proper kind of grip on it or anything. I feel that I'm accommodating. I'm making myself smaller so I don't have any trouble. I'm just afraid of, like, people calling me names or something. I walk and not through like stag parties and stuff they're, they're, you know they're having a good time most of them are really nice but it makes me feel really unsafe and i'm in a public area you know what I mean? they're in my town they're normally <laughs> from manchester and they come over to dublin <laughs> but you know i um, i don't feel like i have a place in the public space if you get me the women in the audience go close your eyes <laughs> i'm gonna try and do the thing that you usually do close your eyes get naked no <laughs> uh, close your eyes uh if you more often than not feel unsafe in your public space, go, hmm? Mm. If you've never felt unsafe in a public space, go, hmm? Salt sexism. <laughs> uh, men, if you uh, more often than not feel unsafe in a public space, go, hmm? If you've never felt uncomfortable in a public space, go, hmm? <laughs> if you're a okay. man in the audience, go, hmm? <laughs> Questions from the audience. Quick hand over there. Um, you've been talking about physical public spaces as women who are visible in a digital public space. Yeah. So we need to hear a bit more about your experiences there. And the, the question was being uh, a president of digital public space. So I feel like so I have a happy time online unless I talk about, because um, I did an article about how I feel about, it's called Why Can't All Lads Be Sound Like Hosier? Um, which I... <laughs> Because I presumed Hosier wouldn't sarcastically ask me to kiss him in the street. So what I feel, when I did that article, um, some men on the internet were complaining about me and someone said something about my appearance compared me to a... There's this guy in, in a Dublin called Mattress Mick who sells mattresses. Um, <laughs> and he's also, he's very dishevelled. Uh, there's a good documentary coming out about him. But one of them said that I look like Mattress Mick, which was, you know, not out of offensive, but someone stopped him and goes, Hey... Don't say anything about her because she'll turn bullying into publicity gold because that's what she does. Um, and I, I was like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Interestingly, you made the bullies shush each other. 
in yeah. case you turned their bullying into publicity gold. I don't know how I can do that. Like, if I go, a man called me a fat bitch on the street. By the way, my podcast is out next week. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could, anyone who harasses me from That's now on, I'm going to have a card and yeah. I'm going to say, Guilty Feminist Podcast, <laughs> you could learn from this. You could learn from this. Now, you're not my core demographic, sir. I won't lie. I wouldn't recommend you come to a live show at first. Watch episode one. It's about nudity, and I believe you're a fan of that because of what you said earlier. They've already left, haven't they, at this point? <laughs> but offering them a guilty feminist card that just has the website on and saying, I think you'd enjoy an episode. This is like your mace spray, so it's publicity spray. Is fact mace. mace. I feel like fact mace is a thing. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to develop like, it as merch. Like mace people with facts. If you get maced by confetti, you're not going to go, oh, 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 wait, oh, let me see. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, it's genetic. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you're not throwing the facts in their face. That's what you do oh, with the mace. Paper. Then it's just called a no, confetti no, no, can. No, 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 no. No, this is verbal facts. fact mace. So I thought it was talking about an actual... We're not talking about an actual mace. To, no. To be, I didn't think it that much through, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, to be honest, the product is still in development. <laughs> and we still got some focus groups and things to go yeah. through. No. Alison. Yeah. <laughs> apart from now being the producer of... Fact maze. <laughs> uh, where can where can people find you? Where can people? Um, I'm on Twitter at Alison Spittle. Um, I have a website as well called at Alison. Oh, sorry, that's not a website. That's my Twitter again. <laughs> uh, I have a website called www.google.com. Uh, <laughs> you might have heard of it. Um, my <laughs> sorry, my website is called www.alisonspittle. Com. That's the website. I'm also on Snapchat as well, which I like, which sounds really arsy, but I don't care. And it's called... At, no, it's not at. It's uh, <laughs> every, at? Everyone Has My Na. Because I wanted to say everyone has my name, but it didn't have enough character space. <laughs> so this, that... Um, yeah. Everyone has my na. Everyone has my na. Yeah, I cool. should have just used Alison Spittle. It's a very rare name. Uh, <laughs> didn't think it through. And you're doing uh, the oh, Edinburgh. Yes, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> sorry, this is the reason why I came here. Um, <laughs> so, and to kill, you know, sexism. Um, <laughs> I am doing a show um, at. Quarter to two every afternoon in Edinburgh at the counting house upstairs in the attic room number one. I'm very excited about it. It's about my mental breakdown. Um, <laughs> but I've called it Discovers Hawaii to make it more palatable. Uh, is so it Alison Spittle Discovers Hawaii? It is, Alison, because my name begins with an A and I thought that would be handy in the brochure. I've seen the show. We've oh, done yeah. previews together and it's so Funny. It's one of the only comedy shows where I, th I must have seen it like five or six times, and I still cry with laughter. You're so, so lovely, so funny. No, no, you're so funny. You did stand up before me when I did my gigs in Denmark, and, and you were too good. You were too good. You were too good. The listeners at home, Alison so Spittle is turned away and hidden now. She was so good because I, I was like, oh, don't be nervous, Alison. Don't be nervous. I know it's a lot of people. Don't be nervous. And I was like, going, here are all the things that they won't understand because we don't have that in Denmark. And then she went out and she said, do you have this? And they went, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, uh, while we're picking up people's shows, uh, I saw a preview of Sophie Hagen's Shimmer Shatter, which is her Edinburgh Festival yeah. show, while I was in Copenhagen, and it blew me away. Thank you. And it made me roar with laughter, and at the end it made me cry, which meant Sophie didn't 
didn't want to talk to me afterwards because yeah, she's uncomfortable hit. with emotions. Yeah. Uh, so yep. if you cry, and if you want to know why, come see the show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It will be made clear in the show, but I absolutely loved it. Thank you. And if we're talking Edinburgh festivals, yeah. I'm doing uh, six nights of the Guilty Feminist in the Edinburgh Festival. Each day, a different. Uh, I'm guest. also doing six nights of the Guilty Feminist. Yeah. Different yep. dates, though. We're splitting up. No, <laughs> no, we're not splitting up the band. No. So we're going to have six different guests. It'll be just like this podcast. Uh, so please come along and check us out in the Edinburgh Festival Guide. And I'm also doing Four Nights of Global Pillage, which is a show that I made up because of this show uh, in a challenge about diversity and inclusion and representation. Um, so it's a diverse comedy. So can you imagine if, say, you were to tune into QI or Would I Lie to You and there were some women on it? <laughs> picture that, picture that, no picture that, and uh, it's that, but also all sorts of different diversities, and it's a really fun show, and you get to play, because you're the hive mind of the audience, so you get to shout out answers too, it's a great show, you should come along. Also, I'm on tour in the fall, go to surveyhagen.com to check out my tour dates. <laughs> Whoa. We're also on Twitter, at guiltfempod, and please go join our Facebook group, because that's full of amazing, wonderful people, and it's growing so quickly, mm. we almost have 2,000 members, there are people who fall more into the guilty part and then there are people who fall more into the feminist part but they get along and <laughs> <laughs> so so far they sort of get along <laughs> it's really fun it's really fun so it's, it's for everyone uh so do, do go there. also go to itunes and uh subscribe to the podcast and then give it a five star rating or whatever stars you like <laughs> no it, this won't work or whatever stars you like you can give it whatever stars you like there was someone who gave us four stars because her itunes wasn't working so oh, I, oh it's not working four stars like, there Does was that one, most people do give us five stars to be fair that's very sweet uh, but there was one yeah. man who gave us it. who gave us three stars and said worth a listen but not as funny as it thinks it is they should get off the women topic they talk about it too much <laughs> i love that you've just remembered that to word which, for word to which, to which i then said to sophie do you know i tuned into top gear they do bang on about cars a lot yeah. is it always you know the last season of Downton Abbey? It's very Downton Abbey-ish. <laughs> Lots of Abbey work. Could they not just set it in a post office one week? Uh, so uh, give it up for Alison Spittle. as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. It's like, right, oh, it's that was your challenge. Could you just do that last one again? Oh, sure. It doesn't matter if they laugh or not, because... Well, it does, to me. There are a couple of words you mispronounced at the beginning. Just do it again. Was that Dapper on me? Was that English speaking? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I nailed every single word. Okay, cool. Just... I'm a feminist, but. <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com